What are you yapping about? Just leave me in the car with the window open a crack. There's something wrong with this hearing aid. It's a trap. Welcome to the Old Man Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Scott. We are over the age of 55. We're friends, we're neighbors, and we were two of the worst Cub Scout den leaders ever. More about that on a future episode. The Old Man Podcast is for men on the downward slide to 60 and beyond. We'll be talking about everything related to guys getting older. You know, things women wish we shared and talked about, but we'll do it on our own terms, and we'll shrug our shoulders doing it. Let's face it, the U.S. is awash in older people, and our ranks are growing rapidly. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, by 2030, all baby boomers, those people that have ruined the U.S. for millennials, will be older than age 65. That means one in every five residents will be of retirement age, and by 2035, there will be 78 million people, 65 and older. Now, that's a lot of old people, and including millions of cranky old guys. So getting older is happening to a lot of people, and that's a good place to start. So, Scott, let's open up our first episode and talk about how it feels getting older. Absolutely. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could sit here and have episodes of, okay, guess what I found on my body this morning, or what new muscle hurts, or how many times I get up and go to the bathroom last night. These are all subjects that everybody's dealing with right now. Well, I guess, you know, from, I guess from the standpoint of, you know, when did you actually start feeling like you were getting older? And chronologically, I mean, you can say that, yeah, we were in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. When do you think it really started to hit you? It started to hit me in my 40s, my upper 40s. You know, my kids were getting a little bit older, and all of a sudden things started happening. Like uh, I went skiing with the kids. We went up to Cascade Mountain in Wisconsin. We are on the bunny hill of all, I swear. We're on the bunny hill. My son was skiing in front of me. He fell down in front of me. I tripped and fell over him in the slowest possible fall you could see it looked like slow motion and broke my shoulder <laughs> and it took it took two surgeries to put it back together yeah, i had forgotten about that yeah. yeah i mean for me it was i decided at age 50 just to go do a marathon i mean i did all the requisite training i had i was a runner for years off and on but i just decided for my 50th birthday i'm gonna go do a marathon and of course i had a lot of people saying to me well you know, aren't you going to do some smaller races? I said, hell no, I don't have time for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to go out and actually go do this thing. I could never run a marathon because my thighs rub together and, <laughs> and cook a turkey after a mile between my legs. <laughs> well, you know, and I felt, you know, and the day that I actually did that marathon was one of the two years that this was in Chicago, you know, where we're, we're, we are near. And uh, one, I think the year before that, they actually stopped the race because of high humidity. Yeah. And all the elite runners that. got through, and everybody else, they said, stop, it's too hot, go home. The next year, I walked out of my hotel room. I stayed down the loop overnight, and I walked out, and it was like you know 62 degrees at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I knew I was screwed because <laughs> I, you know, I was never a fast runner. But I guess my you, you your metabolism is your metabolism, right. and I was never you know I and I overheated like an old cranky car during the entire course. I swear to God, I would get in the sun, and my heart monitor that I had with my my old Garmin would just spike, and I had to walk. As soon as I got in the shade, heartbeat went down. I could run again, 
This is the part of getting old. See, that's why I only do exercises or sports where you can actually gain weight while you do it. <laughs> it's worked out much better for me. So, like, I love to fish. Fish is a sport. I sit in a boat, I drink beer, and eat food. Fish is not a sport, Scott. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You, you look it up in the dictionary. I'm sure it says it's fishing not. is a sport. I mean, running's a sport, cycling's a sport. Yeah, who's smarter? Volleyball's a sport. A sport. Badminton's a sport. My heart rate wasn't going up to 600 <laughs> in the sun. I was just sitting there fishing. I never caught anything, but I fished. Well, I guess your elbow gets gets you know a lot of good. You know, actually yeah. with, with beer. My and, right arm and, looks and great. Casting. <laughs> and I swear it's from fishing, nothing else. <laughs> so didn't you audition for like an arm, for like an arm model at one point? I, I can't talk about that. It's, <laughs> it's still in litigation. <laughs> you know, we were talking about when you start feeling older, one of the uh, uh, pinnacle moments of my life was when my son, who's now a, uh, he's a junior at uh, Illinois State. And um he, he's, you know, he's got that Greek blood from my wife in him and he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and, you know, you always do the father son wrestling and arm wrestling and stuff. And he was in high school. I think he's like a sophomore in high school. And we would always do this thing while he's growing up. Okay, let's go for it. And we arm wrestle. And he was either a sophomore or junior. He's like, all right, let's go for it. And I couldn't budge that kid. I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> that's not good. That's a great story. That, that, that happened to me when my, Matt, my son was five. <laughs> he's a big kid he's a big kid <laughs> flat feet but he's got a big, he's a big kid <laughs> yeah, it's even worse when your daughter can yeah. beat you in arm wrestling <laughs> God, my daughter she asked me to go play uh, volleyball she played volleyball uh, at the church with our neighbors mm -hmm. and um, so the one day she's like oh dad why don't you come with me he's like, because his body is not made for volleyball this is made for standing and uh, she's like oh come on let's go so I, I went with her and, uh, of course, I was opposite. I was in the other team. And she played, God, she played all through high school. She played for four or five years before high school. So she was pretty good. So she serves the ball to me, and I kind of lumbered forward to go towards it. And I stopped with my right foot to, to hit it back, and my body just kept going and blew out my knee. So she took out my knee and my son took out my shoulder. You got lots of problems, man. Oh, please. Well, it was even worse was I ended up in the hospital for that. And um, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I came home and I couldn't walk. And I stumble into the house and my wife's like, you're an idiot. Drive yourself to the hospital. <laughs> she, she's nice. I know. So that she's Greek. So I drive myself to the hospital. Put and some Windex on that? <laughs> yeah, that was my life. And uh, so we go it's to the hospital. We go to the hospital, or I went to the hospital myself, and I check in, and I'm waiting while my uh, um, buddy, whose daughter was playing volleyball with Sam, he shows up and says, what are you doing here? He says, I came here to keep an eye on you. So uh, he goes, I stopped at your house, and your wife just told me to come and sit with you because she wouldn't leave. So he's, we, he's sitting with me at the hospital, and they finally call my name, and uh, so we, he gets up to give me a hand, and I'm kind of leaning on him. We go walking in the back, and uh, uh, the nurse says, I'm sorry, but it's family only. And it's like, oh, he's my husband. And she looked at me, and, and he then at him, and she's like, seriously? And he's like, do you have a problem with that? And she's like, no, of course not. So now at the hospital, I'm listed as having a husband. <laughs> and it's still there to this day. I've always known. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong, wrong with, with that. that. <laughs> So do you think it's, you know, apart from the physical, do you think that there, I mean, we, we're part, 
well, I'm part of the tail end of the boomers. Okay. So I was born 1958. I was born in 63. Oh, so you are right at the edge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're right yeah. at the edge. Okay. And my younger brother's 63 as well. So do you think that we have an attitude? Because, th- I mean, there's been a lot written about boomers and their attitude. And, you know, they've just, you know, taken, glommed on and say, this is, you know, we're entitled to this because, you know, we're the post-war two, you know, post-World War II generation. And, I mean, one of my clients is a retirement community. And I've actually spoken to uh, some of the residents. And this is independent living. I mean, these, this is, you know, these are people that are actually, you know, they go out and travel, whatever. So they, but they down- still know where they're at. Oh, it, oh precisely. Okay. They, they've just downsized and they made their, li- their lives simpler. But, yeah. you know, the one thing that struck me is that one of the interviews that we did was this, you know, very, you know, wonderful uh, old, older woman. And she said that she was 85. And she said, look, she said, you know, would we rather be in our own homes? Of course we would. Do we want to be in a place like this? It's not optimum, but we didn't choose to get old. You know, and that and that really struck me that Yeah. And that and and also because, you know, I'm going to be 61 soon. You know, this was, you know, last year, I said, "Oh my gosh, I turned 60 and I've got, you know, 15 20 years before all this lies ahead of me." So, you know, there's a there's a bit of, you know, you know, compassion that you have to have. It's not just saying, oh, that, that's an old person. That's going to be you. And if you're lucky enough not to get taken out by, you know, airplanes that don't fly right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice job, Boeing. Um, <laughs> you know, you have, you have the, you know, the, you know, I guess, you know, the good fortune of actually living that long. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you get to a certain age. I was just talking to my wife about this uh, today. You know, again, I'm 55, and all of a sudden I realized uh, I'm four years younger than my father was when when he passed away. I'm seven years younger than when my grandfather was when he passed away. And, um, you know, I was in the Navy for six years, and um, I'm still in touch with a lot of my friends from the Navy. But one by one, you know, one's got brain cancer, one died of a heart attack. It's, It's like all the people that were in my age group, they're just dropping off like flies. Yeah. Well, I mean, my dad died when I was 11. So, I mean, he was 42. So, I've outlasted him by a generation. So, you know, almost. True. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think, you know, we're not doing too badly. Well, no, I mean, my dad, <laughs> he, was, wood. he was 59 and, you know, he drank a gallon of bourbon a day and smoked half a carton of cigarettes every day. That so, I was surprised that. he lasted that long. <laughs> <laughs> But then you go up, you go up to Wisconsin. Like I hunt with these guys up in Wisconsin, and I mean those guys, they eat bacon grease all three meals a day, and they smoke like chimneys and drink like fish, and they live to like two hundred years old. They just never die. Isn't that the Atkins diet? <laughs> yes. Hey, if it worked, I'd do it. <laughs> but it's just, it's amazing, you know. You hear about all these people, you know, all like I'm going to do some special diet, and the weights is going to come off, and. And they start losing weight, and I'm great. And I look fantastic, and they walk outside and get hit by a bus. It's like screw you, that. Well, yeah, I mean, you just have to live your life the way the way that you want to. I mean, I just uh, I actually tried on. I had a I went to an event over the weekend where I actually wore my wedding tux. And it fit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, enough. Well, next subject. The, the, the jacket did. You know, I tried saying, well, maybe I can just, you know, rescue the trousers. So yeah. I went to a lo- local tailor here, 
And um, did they say we don't work on blue velour? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> love the ruffled hey, shirt though, a, sir. This was a Perry Ellis double breasted. <laughs> it was very nice. But the problem, the thing with the pants, the, the pants had pleats, and pleats are out. I've been told. Well, they went with the white loafers. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hot. But the, the, the funny part was, is like I said, okay, is there any chance that you can take these out? Because and she was a you know Polish woman and very nice, but she goes no. He goes, you need you need two and a half inches. This is one and a half inches. I go, okay, we're done. <laughs> so I went out and bought another pair of pants, and thank goodness I did because boy, I could actually breathe. Oh, I couldn't even imagine like trying to. Well, first I don't own my tux; I rented it, so it fit like seven different sizes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do not have a tuxedo. What floods? <laughs> so, don't judge. <laughs> it was a Greek wedding. Nobody even looked at me. I sat up on the altar for like six hours, and I kept asking my wife, "Are we married yet?" Yeah, spraying with Windex. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had no idea that 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 ceremony just went on for hours. And, Did you have lamb? Uh, no, no, we didn't. We had chicken. Did you have a bunt? Shut up. <laughs> Yes, we had several bunts. <laughs> it's a boot. All, <laughs> yeah, all of the ants got together and they cooked all of the uh, uh, desserts for the dessert tray or the dessert table. Oh, that sounds delicious. It actually was. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, they don't do it anymore because they all died. Oh. So, yeah, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> and the new generation doesn't cook. So let's talk about longevity for a minute. Yes. I mean, people are living longer. I mean, through... I mean, which is why Social Security is so screwed up. Yeah, which is and so why Medicare is all screwed up. Yep. But we're not going to get any kind of political yeah, thing. Didn't, didn't think I'd pull that one out yeah, of my I ass, did, did I you? I did not. I did not. Well, okay. I'm, I'm impressed. You should be. But, you know, as far as quality of life is concerned, you've got, you know, more octogenarians, you know, more people living in, into their 90s. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's that's something that, you know, I guess if you have your health up until that time, you know, it's... Is it desirable? Because there, um, and I remember reading this, that there was, um, I think the brother of our, our the soon to be former mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the guys in the medical profession, and, and he came out and said, you know, I'll take all precautions that I can from, you know, flu shots and, you know, pneumonia and all that kind of stuff up until age 75. Okay. But after age 75, I'm going to throw caution to the wind. All right. Because... Statistically speaking, anybody who's still productive, still thinking, still creating, still, you know, to their mind, adding value to society is just an outlier because something is going to go wrong sooner or oh, later. Oh, eventually, yeah. But what, what, what do you do? I mean, you don't you know don't. when that's – and you don't know what's going to happen. My mother is 84 years old. She's going to be 85 in uh, May. I should know that. May, I think it is. And uh, Such she's a good son. Well, I aim high. And she, <laughs> she's the world's oldest shampoo girl. Oldest shampoo girl? 84 years old, still works at a shop. Oh, I get you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 she's, yeah. She shampoos old people. And she's been doing it for years. She wow. still does it. Yeah. I mean, my mom just turned 90. Really? Yeah, she did. Uh, her parents lived to, I guess, uh, my grandfather lived to age 93. Um, was sharp, up, sharp as a tack up until the day he went. Okay. Grandmother lived till 96, definitely had dementia. Um, my mom is 90, um, still very active, still very with it, but we just took away the car keys, and she is one pissed-off hombre. I can imagine. I mean, you, you talk about dementia. You talk about, you know, aging and stuff is what we're originally talking about, and 
I mean, at the age of 55, I'm scaring myself. I mean, the, my, my memory is ridiculous. I, I was working on the computer yesterday and um, I was in one screen and I wanted to go over to QuickBooks and and uh, I, I made a deposit to make and I wanted to record the deposit. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on one screen. It's like, oh, I got to record the deposit. I click to the other screen. It's like, what the hell did I come here for? <laughs> I forgot that fast. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's, in, that, that's, in, you know, I don't think it's indicative of, you know, cognitive decline. I just think that's, that shit happens all the time. I mean, I'll, I'll walk upstairs like, what did I come up here for? Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. I've, we've been married for 27 years, me and my wife, not me and Bob. And, uh, Hell no. <laughs> you could do worse. <laughs> I could do better. True. <laughs> and uh, I still, when we go to my wife's family parties, to this day, we sit in the street and she's like, okay, now this is uncle so-and-so and aunt so-and-so and these are the kids. And I don't know. She She called me up. Three weeks ago? Three weeks ago. And she's like, I got some bad news. Why? What happened? Uh, Uncle so-and-so died. It's like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. Who? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, how's your aunt? Oh, she's fine. My mom is over with her right now. And are you okay, hon? Oh, yeah, thanks for asking. I hung up. I have no clue who the hell was. <laughs> Not, if that guy walked up to me and said hi, I would have no clue. No. It's like Mr. Burns on, on, on The Simpsons. Hello, Mr. Sports Team. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Brown Shoes. You know, not knowing any of his staff at the, at the power plant. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's got awful. I just, I, I just, I walk around these parties. And, well, there's a thousand of these people. Well, you have a huge family. Well, she does. Well, she does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That part was actually like, like the movie. When we were in the church, her side was packed. Side to side, front and back. My side had like three people. And then, like, I think the limo driver sat on that side and some guy that, a homeless guy that came in to get out of the hot weather. Says, I think it was like 180 degrees the day I got married. But it was ridiculous looking out over the church. There was, like, nobody on my side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was impressed that the four people actually came that I knew. <laughs> I will show up. He needs the gift. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I think, you know, getting back to the, the idea of, of, you know, getting older but still wanting to do a lot more and and this is where the boomers come in again because i mean as far as this wave of of older people hitting the retirement system mm -hmm. uh, you have a lot more people going into these independent living you know arrangements and these people are going to be exceedingly demanding because they have used to you know if they've been independent if they've been fairly well off you know fairly affluent they now have expectations, and there's a whole gigantic shift that's happening within the retirement, you know, community industry. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, people are are living longer. If you just look at the generation before us, our parents, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but but my family, everybody smoked, everybody drank, everybody ate like crap, nobody exercised, nobody did anything. And then, you know, we're all like, oh, my God, I can't believe my dad died at 59. Wow, what a surprise. Yeah. What a shocker. <laughs> I mean, at this point, do you yourself have, you know, any particular goals that you are doing, either either fitness or, uh, you know, hobbies? Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so fitness. I finally decided, okay, I got to get back into the gym. And I, I joined this gym in September. And I religiously, I go three times a week. And... Um, uh, I started watching what I eat, and because with my job, I'm behind the wheel of the car all the time. I'm, I'm a home appraiser, 
So, you know, not a lot of activity. Then I come back, I'm sitting in my office and I'm typing all day and I get done at 5, 5.30, I'll stop working and I make dinner. My wife gets home because she has the real job and works downtown. If it wasn't for her, we'd be living in a freaking tent. And um, Sounds um, like my arrangement. <laughs> yeah, I'm the eye candy. The tent. <laughs> I'm the eye candy of the relationship. It's <laughs> had a horrible deal for her. Um, so she gets home, we have dinner, we do the dishes, and then sit, watch TV, and then go to bed. It's like, I can't keep doing this. So I started going to the gym last September, religiously, three times a week. And I'm doing weightlifting, and I'm doing cardio, and I'm walking, and... You know, before it got cold, I'd take the dog for a two-mile walk if it was an off day. And um, I wouldn't get on the scale because I didn't want to get depressed. It's like, no, nope, going to just keep a good attitude. I finally got on the scale. It's like, okay, it's, you know, February. It's time. I get on. I was the exact same freaking weight that I was in September. I almost took that scale and threw it out the window. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, it's got to be the diet. So I spent two weeks doing nothing but eating air. Nothing. <laughs> Air and this this crap that my wife got, no taste, no flavor, no seasoning, no nothing. And I did that for two weeks, get on the scale, I went up an eighth of a pound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I think, uh, you know, too much uh, raclette sandwiches at the Chris Kindle Marks. Uh... The what? <laughs> Can't you just go to McDonald's like the rest of us? No. The what? That's crap. The, the Chris Kringle Mart? What? what? Ooh. You, you, didn't go, you didn't go to that over the holidays? The what? The Chris. Nah. Yeah, you can't even say it. I can't. You're just making this <laughs> You're making crap me up. <laughs> no, it's called the. It's called the. the it's called the. It's actually no, translated the Christ Child Market. It comes from Germany. They've had the same one in Chicago for like the past twenty years. They sell children. They wish. <laughs> um, but it, it's a it's a German it, it's a German tradition. Okay. And um, they've been doing it out here in where we live. You know, for the, like the past three years, I did not know that. So they have this thing where they've got the, these. The, you, you have these, you know, you know, pieces of, of baguette, and they put on a, a raclette, which is this this round of cheese that's melted, and they just, you know, they pour it, you know, onto the sandwich along with some ham and some other stuff, and it's mm. like the most amazing thing ever. I may have to check this out. Yeah, you should. And I had too many of those bad boys. And <laughs> let me tell you, uh, between the holidays, birthdays. Eating out over the weekends because I mean, you know, the kids, both kids were in college. I mean, we're just here by ourselves. It's yeah. sometimes convenient just to go out and grab stuff. The weight's been packing on. So, you know, I finally went out and bought a, a road bicycle, not not a not a bike. You know, Harley lovers. But yeah. No, I'm not into that. But was we'll, <laughs> we'll get to your you car. Your little, we'll get to your car in a future. Bought your yuppie, your yuppie bicycle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's not, just it's tell a, me you're not going to be in spandex with the. The, the multicolored spandex outfit. No. Okay. No, we're not going to do that. It's good. But I, I felt that between, you know, the uh, marathons that I used to run, or marathon, and one that I trained for, and then other stuff, you know, life gets in the way, that, you know, 10 years later now, it's or 11 years later, I've got to, you know, do another fitness goal. And that is a work up to a century ride, which is not hard. Yeah, I know that, you know, some of our neighbors have done that yeah. you know, over the course, but... But doing a 200, I think, would be a real goal. Like in one ride? 200 miles? Yeah. In one ride? Yeah. I don't even know if I can do that in a car without a break. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Yeah, we can probably talk about you know, the whole thing about automobiles and getting older. But we can say that for, for, a, yeah. for a future show. 
So I'm one of those idiots where I think if, if I decide, if I get up in the morning and I eat right and I exercise that day and I don't eat any snacks, don't have my coffee at night, when I get up in the morning, if I haven't dropped at least 20 pounds that day, I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I want instant grat- And here we go back to the thing, instant gratification. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want what we want. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, no, if I, if I don't get a massive amount of weight loss in one day, then it's like, screw it. Yeah. I I'll mean, go have a bag of potato chips for breakfast. Well, it's like anything else. I mean, it, I think, you know, being consistent, you know, consistency is the key to, you know, practically anything. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, and your goals have to change. You know, like being 55, my goal is not to bulk up. I don't want to look good in a Speedo anymore. I could care less. That ship sailed well, when I was about five, <laughs> but that's a whole nother story. Thank God I never saw that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but now my goal is just not to get up and make the horrible old man sound when I get out of bed in the morning or get out of a chair or when I get up and move my legs, it sounds like I'm walking on packing the peanuts with all the snapping and stuff. Yeah, I make the old man noises. God oh, my that. God. It's like just once I want to get out of bed and not be like, oh, oh. <laughs> It's like, do you pull something? Like, no, just trying to pull my fat ass out of this bed at yeah. two in the morning to go to the bathroom for the eighth time tonight. Yeah, I just pulled my vocal cords. <laughs> oh, it's just brutal. I just want to sleep through the night once. I think the last time I did that was like the 2000s. <laughs> just for the love of God, just one time I want to get through the night without getting up six times. Well, and, and, and that is and, and that is you know, liquid consumption strategy. That's a true thing. I mean, don't drink anything after 8 o'clock. You're not going to have anything in the Bob, tank. I've stopped at drinking at, at noon, <laughs> and I'm still getting – it's like, where is it coming from? It does not matter. And as I've gotten older, I get up earlier. If I, I go to bed later and get up earlier, what the hell's with that? Well, at least at this age, I still have the bladder control where if I, work, if I wake up at like 4 a.m. and I look at the clock and I think like, okay, I don't have to get up till 6. Do I really, do I really have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> no, no accidents. I'm good. No depends. Great. <laughs> All those commercials are hideous. I, yeah. I know. Oh, I look so good. No, you don't. You're wearing a diaper. diaper. <laughs> <laughs> you see them riding that, bouncing their behinds on that bicycle. I'm wearing a depends. Uh, but what I don't understand is, you know, when I was younger, I'd go to bed at, you know, 9, 10 o'clock at night if I was tired or, you know, 11, whatever. I'd sleep till 10 in the morning. Now, if I go to bed at 10 at night, I wake up at, at a quarter to six. If I go to bed at two in the morning, I wake up at a quarter, quarter to six. six. And it's like, son of a bitch, again, I can't sleep. And if it's, the, if it's the weekday when I get up to go to work, I wake up at six o'clock and I'm just, I feel like I've, I've slept for 10 seconds. My eyes hurt, they're glued shut, I can't move. But if it's the weekend, boink. I wake up at five in the morning, just wide awake. When I can't sleep, I can't do it. Explain that one to me. I can't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's getting old, folks. <laughs> We're all there. <laughs> Well, I think that's the end of the 30 minutes. And, folks, we're going to keep this to 30 minutes because we don't want to get bored. Yeah, so, I got things to do. Yeah, My wife to- <laughs> wants me home to start the honey-do list for tomorrow. <laughs> so, anyway, well, thank you for listening to the, the first uh, episode of the Old Man Podcast. We'll be back next week. And uh, I think the most appropriate sign-off for us is to say, keep off my lawn. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.